Welcome to the Kingdom Community. Many in the body of Christ long for authentic community and a spiritual family to belong to. We exist to connect, equip, and send you into the world to fulfill your destiny and advance the kingdom of God on the earth. To learn more about us, please visit kingdomcommunity.global. We look forward to hearing from you. Hey guys, Glenn Blakeney here. Welcome to Kingdom Encounter, brought to you by Awake Nations Ministries and the Kingdom Community. For more information about Awake Nations, visit the website awakenations.org. And to learn more about the Kingdom Community and how you can connect, go to kingdomcommunity.global. Well, my interview today is with Jerry Hill. She is the co-founder and president of Together in the Harvest. Jerry was married for many years to evangelist Steve Hill. Steve, of course, was most well-known for his time and ministry in the Brownsville revival that literally impacted millions of people around the globe. Well, she's going to talk today about their early years in ministry, how they served on the mission field, really her salvation testimony. And also she's going to be sharing some things about her late husband, Steve Hill, that maybe you've never heard before. Guys, this is going to be a riveting interview. Jerry is dropping some incredible truth. She's going to challenge you to have a passion for the lost and to give your life completely to Jesus to fulfill that calling, that purpose that God has for your life. Guys, this is going to be an incredibly challenging interview. It's going to encourage you and inspire you to give all, to follow the call. God bless you. So let's go back to Brownsville. Uh, Father's Day, 1995 is correct, right? And mm -hmm. so Steve just goes there thinking he's preaching. Was it just one service or the one Sunday? He was going to do the one Sunday morning right. um, and raise an offering for, he was supposed to go to the Czech Republic in two weeks. So he was raising money for the Czech Republic. Okay. He had missionary evangelist status, so okay. he could go, you know, he was going into a lot of different countries. Yeah. And so the Czech Republic was the next on the, he had to have somebody else go for him on oh. that, that one. So. Well, when God d disrupts your plans. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think, Jerry? Um, you know, we can talk about revival and you already mentioned in Argentina and Carlos Anacondi and his wife and other women that were interceding underneath the platform. What about at Brownsville? Was there, any preparation that was going on or was this just kind of sovereignly happened where the power of God just fell when Steve went there to preach? Well, um, John Kilpatrick would tell you that their church on Sunday nights, yeah. that he wasn't preaching on Sunday nights. There were, I think for two years, they had been praying. They would get together just to pray. Okay. And they had banners that they had up around the church. Mm-hmm. And they would go in there and they would, you know, everybody would surround whichever banner just really um, impacted them at that time. Yeah. And if they were praying for souls, you know, there was a, you know, they were praying for family members that were lost and they'd been doing this for two years. Yeah. And Steve in 1991 in Argentina <laughs> I had walked in the office. It was on the second floor of our house. And we shared a double office, had bookcases going down the middle that 
separated his office from my office. And I walked in, which it was normal to see him on his face praying. Mm. But this day in 91, he was feeling so dry. Mm. And he was crying out to God. And he said, God, I know how to do this, this, this. And he was naming these different things that he knew how to do. But then all of a sudden it bellowed out of him. But God. I don't want to do it in my own strength. I want you to do it through me. And when I walked in, he didn't know that I'd walked in. I was carrying Shelby in my arms, but it hit me in the gut. And I I walked back out. I didn't want to interrupt him. I wanted him to, you know, continue to cry out to God. And I sat at the top of the stairs and I started going like this. Yes, God. Do it through him, Jesus. Do it through him, Jesus. Yes, Lord. And I kept saying over and over and over something. We had been married 12 years by then, but something happened in the spirit. It was like we had been walking like this for 12 years, side by side, doing things, you know, as missionaries, as youth pastors, everything. But something happened when I prayed then, and I felt like we got entwined in the spirit. And I was, now I had two children, four years old and an eight month old, and I wasn't able to do as much, but God was taking me to a new level of intercession for Steve in praying that God would do it through him. And something shifted in the heavenlies that everywhere he went, all heaven came down. Um, something, and I, I believe that was God preparing his hunger grew more. Um, the intensity grew more. He went to Kuriko, Chile and all heaven came down. He went to different, uh, different places. And then we started planning for Spain and God started showing me how to, um, be one in the spirit, even if I didn't get to go on a trip. Um, in 92, we were supposed to go to Spain and I was supposed to go on that trip with him. And I couldn't go because Shelby didn't have a passport from the U S to be able to get back into the U S she had an Argentine passport, but only one entry. So I had to stay and take care of that. So I got distracted with the passport. And then after that, she got the chicken pox. And so I was distracted with the chicken pox and I couldn't book a ticket to go and and be there. Steve had taken Ryan with him, our four-year-old. And then um, all of a sudden um, after the chicken pox, I could purchase the ticket, but it, you know, I had to kind of space it out, you know, so it wouldn't cost so much. So it was about six weeks before I got there. But in that time, after the chicken pox, mm-hmm. um, Shelby was about a year old and she started screaming in her crib. And I went and took her out of the crib and I'd been reading my Bible and eating some licorice sitting on the floor in the living room. I went and got her, turned off all the lights, put her down with me and, and she calmed down and went to sleep. The next morning, the licorice bag had been attacked by mice. Oh, wow. And so I called. We were staying in a duplex with World Challenge. David Wilkerson, he had his ministry there in Lindell. We were staying at the duplex. Okay. So I called the maintenance guys to come and deal with the mice. They put four (laughs) traps in. And the next morning, there were four mice 
they changed, came and changed them out and set the traps again the next morning for mice. Mm. Did the same the third day. I'm telling you this for a reason. Yes. Okay, there's, there's, a, there's a purpose behind the story. Okay. And so three days and there's 12 mice. Steve calls me. We didn't talk on the phone all the time. We didn't have the money to do that for him to call every single yeah. day. So after catching 12 mice, he calls that day. And he is saying that God is not moving. Nobody's getting saved. Nothing's happening. And I'm listening to him. And he senses that I'm not sharing. I'm not talking. I'm not encouraging. I'm not saying too much of anything. Okay. He goes, honey, what's the matter? Hmm. And I said, there's 12 mice in here. And I went into the, the bedroom where Shelby's sleeping. And there's mice droppings all over the crib. We caught 12 mice. And she wouldn't go back in her crib. Were these mice crawling on our baby? Oh, and I, yeah. I was just frantic and crying and oh. almost hyperventilating and everything. And he goes, oh. honey, get a grip. And I hung up on him. <laughs> And he calls me back and he said, tell me that we got disconnected and you didn't just hang up on uh, me. And I said, well, you didn't care that we, what I'm going through and what I'm, you know, and so he's encouraging me. So everything ends up fine on my end, but he's still dealing with nobody getting saved in Spain. Hmm. And so I had been reading one of Leonard's books, Leonard Ravenhill. Yeah. And he's just down the road, and Steve wow. and I spent time with him. Wow. Um, I went over and, and spent time with Leonard and Martha. He went when he was in at home. He would go and spend time with them. We would take them out to eat. We'd take them to appointments and things like that. And so I'd been reading one of his books, and I went in and after our phone call, went and pulled out the book where I'd left my marker, and I opened it up, and it said, "Some of you are hunting mice." while the lion devours the land. Hmm. Wow. I fell on my face and wept before God because I knew I had not been praying for Steve over in Spain. Okay. I had been distracted by the passport, chicken pox, and now wow. the mice. Amazing. And I fell on my face and for 30 minutes repented for being, for not being, um, in, intercessory wife, a praying wife. And after 30 minutes, I started interceding for Steve over there in Spain for two hours, wept over Spain. And I get up from the chair. You know how after you've wept like that for a long time, you're just so drained and I'm sitting in the chair and Leonard and Martha call me. They have the landline. And so she's on one phone. He's on the other. They're both talking to me. And I, I proceeded to tell him about the whole story about what had just happened. Yeah. And he goes, "If you, oh, that lion wouldn't even have jumped out at you if you hadn't been chasing mice. And Martha goes, Len, don't discredit what God is doing in her. Wow. Oh, gosh, it was, it was really good. <laughs> Amazing. And, um, and then a few hours later, Sometime the next day for, for me and for Steve, yeah. he said, honey, you would not believe it, but all heaven came down this afternoon oh and over a hundred people got saved wow. in this city park. 
And he said it was such a supernatural thing that happened that I felt like I was having an out-of-body experience. That after I led him to Jesus, I had to run away and collapse on a bench. That's how intense it was. And I knew that I had a part in that. God spoke to me and he said, even when you're not there, if you are on the the same page as me, as what I want to do, then I will do it. Amazing. Wow. And so to not, I encourage people not be, not to be distracted. Don't let your feelings get in the way. Don't let anything keep you from you. If your husband is traveling and they're on a missions trip, they're doing a crusade somewhere, or they've just gone with their church to be praying, to be interceding, to be in touch with the heartbeat of God, because that is, he died for the world for the heartbeat of God. And so that when you asked about preparation, these were all things that were preparing us for what God was going to do at Brownsville. Being on the mission field, we were in services every single night. Right. We were constantly. So that was our preparation. Yeah. Brownsville had their own preparation. And so when you bring that whole preparation together and they were willing to see this happen in their church. Yes. They were willing to pay the price. Every single person that worked the altar was a vessel that was fit for the master's use. Hmm. Steve had been prepared and fit for the master's use to do that That uh, every single night preaching. Pastor had been prepared. His yes. heart was ready for it. He wanted it. Yes, there was preparation. There's preparation for sacrifice. There's preparation for obedience. There's preparation for um, dying to self. Yeah. Amen. And being able to lay your life out there, you know, and it it's not going to be easy, but it was so worth it. Yeah. And talking to all the different people, it wasn't just... Um, one person, it was my definition of that revival was God. It was all God and every vessel that was willing to say, yes, God used. Yeah. Powerful. Now, this is so important what you're just sharing. I mean, you talked about so many different facets that it just all came together in convergence and this explosion of what God did at Brownsville. But today, you know, we're in a time where we need revival today more than ever before, I believe. Things are, we're desperate. Things are bad. Mm-hmm. You know, we're living in a time, even when the church is just really struggling, um, not only because of what's happened with COVID. And and again, around the world, yeah. things are much different than in the United States. But we are in a place, I, I know that people are not praying the way you described and there are some, I'm, I'm not saying there's no one, but I'm saying that level of intercession changes everything. And I know that because my experience when I got saved um, and, and my wife, you know, at that time we were dating and then we ended up, we both got saved while we were dating. And then we ended up um, obviously got married. And But I was praying and spending time interceding And to this day, we still practice that. We pray together, we intercede. But 
I know it breaks things open. It, it changes the atmosphere. And I saw that happen time after time where a place that was hard and averse to the preaching of the word. You know, Paul said in, in Thessalonians, pray that the word of the Lord would have free course, one translation said. So he's preaching, but he's saying it's not enough just to preach the word. There needs to be prayer that's going forth as well. So what would you say, Jerry, today? You are involved in ministry. Steve has been promoted to glory. You're preaching. You're, you're traveling. You're doing evangelism. Uh, what would you say to, to those who are wanting to, to make a difference in the world today in terms of preaching the gospel? Well, if somebody is not, our favorite scripture was Psalm 126.6. He that goes forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. And so if if we cry, if we are honestly broken and burdened for people, and we have that passion for God, it is doubtless that you'll see results. You will see results. Steve was a weeper. The very first book that he wrote was Time to Weep. My mom told me one time, she said, I'm never going to waste my tears on an onion. And so when she cuts an onion and the tears are flowing, to utilize those tears to weep for the lost. Yeah. When, I, when Steve went home to be with the Lord, and I would weep for... Well, you're grieving. And then I lose my son the same year that Steve went home to be with the Lord. I lost my son. And I was weeping a lot in 2014. And God spoke to me and he said, I want you to turn your tears of loss into tears for the lost. Don't use, don't be so wrapped up in what you feel for something. And it's all about you, but use your tears to pray for somebody else. And so I started doing that. And I just the other day I was cutting an onion and it comes back to me again about my mom to use your tears, whatever it is you're going through to pray for somebody else. And if you can't muster up any tears for the lost, then go cut an onion to start the flow. And then take yourself on your knees or whether or not you like to get on your knees or you like to walk and pray, do whatever it takes. There was a woman who heard me speak one time and afterwards she said, God, I do not have a burden like Jerry has. Yeah. And a few months later, she was out witnessing and sharing with a family member. And this family member told her to leave them alone. They didn't want to hear it. And she got in the car and she started crying for them. And then all of a sudden it, it spread from crying for that family member and crying for everybody who was fighting God, fighting a touch from God, fighting a transformation from God, a relationship with God. And she's sitting in her car holding the the steering wheel and her head is on the steering wheel. And all of a sudden she wrote me later on. She said, I put my head up and she goes, I got the burden. Like, like Jerry's got the burden. I've got it. Wow. And we never know when it's going to, what it's going to take or how it's going to take 
but we have got to stir it up. We've got to stir up this burden for people and for the lost. Amen. I have a, a doormat out there that says, Jesus loves you. And I wear shirts that say, Jesus loves you. And I, I love that. And it starts people talking. But I want sinners to come up and say, Jesus loves me. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah. You know, um, whatever it takes, but not to hold it back. Yeah. But we have to stir up the Holy Spirit in us. If we don't have a burden for the lost, then you get a get in with God and ask him to give you a burden for the lost because his son died for this world. Yeah. So often we can't just, you know, the soil of the heart, they talk about the different soils of the heart. Well, we can, we are, our job is not to go out and just throw the seed on a hard heart. Right. Our tears soften that soil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes we have to spend time with them. Sometimes like the pastor that spent two years with me, it took two years of tilling and planting and tilling and watering before I said yes. Yeah. But are be willing to take the time, whatever amount of time that you have to take to be able to see fruit. Yeah. We've got to do it. And we have to pray and we have to weep. And it's doubtless you will see results. It will happen and you will be a part of it. You don't have to. It's not up to you. I mean, you do your part, but God does the real change in that person's life. Right. And I always have to remember this, too, that my witnessing God is working behind the scenes in that person's life. Hmm. And I could tell you so many stories about just, you know, how touching one life triggered something else. Yeah. And there's so many stories that I could go into, but we have got to stir it up. Amen. That's so true. Jerry, that what you just shared is is really so significant. And uh, I'm glad you you spoke into this. Um, really feel the Holy Spirit on this right now. I would like to just shift our conversation a little bit here. Um, you already mentioned Steve's passing, his transitioning to be with the Lord, his promotion into glory. But what was it like you know what was steve like what was happening in him in those final um months of his life he battled metastatic melanoma for six years and for the first two years he he did surgery and then he did um immunotherapy and he did juicing a lot of holistic stuff he did everything imaginable in 2011, um, all of it piled up, and they put him on hospice in 2011. And they t- told me what I needed to do to help him pass. Well, God had spoken to me about taking care of the man of God. And so I didn't listen to exactly what they were telling me to do, the hospice people. 
Um, I made sure he drank water. I made sure he got vegetable juices in him. I made sure he got protein in him. I had pastors and Steve's brother came and helped him walk, helped him get back on his feet. We did a lot of, we had a holistic doctor. One of our board members paid for a holistic doctor to come to the house. So we did everything we could. They expected him to pass within a week of being on hospice. And six months later, he signed off of hospice. We ended up going to Germany for some vitamin infusions and things like that. But when he came back, we found found out that he had a tumor in his spine and he could hardly walk. And he had a vision of spiritual avalanche. And he wrote the book on spiritual avalanche. And he wrote it laying on a love seat with his head on the armrest, his feet up on the other armrest, because that relieved his spine the most. He wrote that book on an iPad mini with one finger. Wow. He had to get that message out. That was in 2012, and he traveled some in 2012. Every time we got on the plane, he would say how much pain he was in. I said, honey, you don't have to do this. He goes, yes, I do. I have to do this. And But he did it in pain. But he was, he was compelled to preach. He did it from a, a stool, which didn't make it any easier because that put pressure on his spine too. But he was compelled to do it. He gave as much as he could. When he passed, he was working on a book, No Time to Wash Up. Um, He was talking to people on the phone. He sent people to the Middle East. He was getting information from things, all from a hospital bed at home. His burden did not um, diminish. And I remember telling him that I was you know, upset with God that here he is, his servant who has been doing so much and that he could miraculously heal him. And with all the people that were praying, there was thousands of people praying that um, God had another plan. Well, it wasn't my plan. Um, I didn't, you know, in life and in ministry and everything, your desire is not to be a widow in life. Steve and I had always talked about being in our 90s and people coming and talking to us about the things of God and what God had done. And that didn't get to happen. No. But um, I have had a a dream one time about 12 months after Steve passed away. And I was in a small chapel. I was preparing the chapel for Steve to come in from a trip. And we were going to renew our vows And when he came in, he said, honey, come over here and sit down. So I went and sat down next to him. And he said, I don't have any energy for the future, but I see that you have energy. Hmm. And I'm looking down at the floor. I didn't want to hear what he had to say. And when I looked up there prior to him coming, there were nine foot angel wings out in the hallway. When I looked up, the angel wings had been put at the end of each pew and made an arch going down the center aisle. And in my dream, um, God spoke to me and he said, your vow is to me and I've got you covered. Wow. And that was nine months after Steve had passed away. Okay. Wow. That I got that. 
And so just because I'm, you know, I'm aging, <laughs> Steve passed at 60 and I was 57 when he passed and it's been eight years. So I'm 65 and I don't want to throw in the towel. I want, I, I love speaking to um, evangelism students and we have over 900 um, people that have signed up for our online school of evangelism. So I love seeing them rise up. Steve had started it and we finished it after he passed away, the online school. I have a beam mentorship program and so I'm speaking into lives on beam. I had one this afternoon uh -huh. and then we have Ryan's hope because I lost Ryan. You know, I said, I didn't say why, because I know why things happen. Right. We live in a fallen world, so I know why things happen. But what do you want to do through this, God? Mm -hmm. What do you want to do? Mm -hmm. And my youngest daughter, she shared a burden with me that she'd like to see a program called Ryan's Hope start up where we help uh, men that have gone through a program or who have gotten saved in mm -hmm. prison, but they need help getting on their feet. And so we were praying about that. And Steve's cousin came to me with him and his wife and shared his burden. He had been a prison chaplain for a good long time, 12 years, I think. And he worked with Teen Challenge for a while. And he had, so he had a burden for people. And he said, Jerry, have you ever thought about opening a home for men to help them get on their feet? He had no idea that we had been praying about this. And so we opened up a home and he's been the executive director over the men, helping them get jobs, get on their feet, get them a place, you know, so that they can, you know, move out from there, but they can stay at the house um, until they get on their feet. And we're opening up our second home in Atmore, Alabama. There's a ministry there that wanted to see Orion's Hope opened um, out there. And so, you know, whatever we go through, it's not always fun. No. Um, losing Steve, um, I remember driving down the road one day saying, you're really not coming home, are you? Yeah. And, and he's not. And I am going to keep <laughs> pressing on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wow. You know, I went, I was on your website and um, just read the story. Very, very moving. And, and then there's a letter that you wrote and I just want to read it to our viewers. This really encapsulates your heart, your passion. Um, Jerry's letter says this, I'm jealous of Steve. He gets to be with our first love, but I'm still serving first love. I have much work to do, but at the end of my life, I hope people remember my love for Jesus and my longing to see them meet him. When I take my last breath, nothing will matter except my relationship with the Lord and what I did with the tools he entrusted to me. My heart aches to please him. He is all that matters. If we all work together, we can reach this harvest and build the kingdom of God and all the glory and all the honor will not go to a man, but to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, our precious Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And your ministry is called, the ministry is called Together in the Harvest. Uh, what a powerful 
really a way to communicate that, that we are together in the harvest. We're not only together in the kingdom, mm. but we are together in the harvest to reach the harvest. That's what your life is all about, Jerry. That's what Steve's life was all about and what you guys are still doing. I want to just say thank you so much for what you're doing. You could have stopped, as you said, at your age. You could have stopped, but you are still uh, moving forward and, and people's lives are being changed. So bless you. Thank you so much. We're going to keep praying for you and for everyone that's connected to, together in the harvest. How do people connect with you together in the harvest? What are some things they can, you know, just uh, take advantage of? You mentioned a school of evangelism. What What's available? Well, if they go to the website, they'll see everything there, um, togetherintheharvest.com. And if they wanted to sign up for the online school of evangelism, they can. Um, they can do a one-time payment or they can spread it out over eight months. Um, it's 20 lessons. There's a book to be read. There's videos to be watched. There's a test to take. Um, you get a certificate at the end of the 20, uh, courses. Um, and so it, to me, it's not very expensive, but it is a great training. Um, it's, if you do it for eight months, paying it that way, it's $25 a month. Yeah. So a total of $200. Wow. That's really good. <laughs> it helps us pay for um, the website and the follow-up and, and everything with the students. And sometimes we end up going to the churches and we, you know, can spend time with them. They can go on missions trips with us if they wanted to and things like that and the beam mentorship um there's no set price on that because not you know i don't know what everybody's um financial situation is right so they can pick whatever fits their budget yeah if it's five dollars five dollars there's no set amount but every tuesday um at two o'clock in the afternoon eastern time I do it for about 40 minutes. I try not to make it a lot longer than that. And so they, if they can't get on at two o'clock, it's saved and archived. And so I have over 200 wow. in there that they can watch all of them. They're all at their access. Yeah. And so I have um, an email that goes out to them once a month and then also uh, a beam group so that they can share their burdens in that um, a Facebook group. Hmm. And then Ryan's hope it's not just for the home where they can stay, but if the, somebody isn't at that stage, we help them find a program that they can go through, whether it's men or women. And so we're constantly working to find a place for, you know, people to go to if it's not with us. Yeah. And uh, we have the Legacy Library. Um, I found just got a message on Facebook, I think it was, that somebody said that they had just learned about Steve and they've been watching his messages mm-hmm. and they finally got saved. Oh. And so <laughs> people are still getting saved watching Steve's messages. And so I'm trying Amazing. to archive all of them. 
Um, there were 1,600 messages from the Brownsville Re Revival. We've got 400 that have been uploaded so far. We have to watch them and find keywords and, and all those things. But now um, the website's kind of obsolete, so we're redoing everything. So everything has to – maintenance of stuff is crazy. Yeah. yeah. But um, I love hearing somebody getting saved. And we were just in a church in um, – it was Newport, Ritchie, Florida – Right. The pastor was 12 years old when he went to the revival and he was in an overflow room and he didn't want to go to the altar at the overflow church. So he got up and ran to the main sanctuary and gave his heart to Jesus just standing two feet from Steve. Wow. And he goes, I am fruit that remains. Wow. Powerful. Wow. Isn't that? Oh, that's so good. Yeah, that is powerful. Wow. Well, what an incredible interview. Thank you so much for sharing all that you did. I mean, I know people are going to really be blessed by this. It's just just so profound. So we will continue um, to pray for you and what you're doing and look forward to uh, pointing people to your website together in the harvest.com. Encourage everybody to go there, guys. Avail yourself of the training, the School of Evangelism. You can learn more about Jerry and Together in the Harvest. So, wow, powerful. Really enjoyed it. Bless you. Thank you so much. Bless you, too. Hey, Kingdom Community family, I want to invite you to join me on an amazing, life-changing trip this November 28th to December 7th. We're headed to South Brazil for a time of ministry and outreach and a conference in the mountains. We're going to get shut in with God. We're going to seek the Lord. We're going to worship. We're going to pray until the heavens come down. This is part of our Kingdom Community outreach and what we're doing around the world. We'll also be ministering in the communities, preaching in churches. It's going to be absolutely powerful. Love for you guys guys to be with us. If you're interested in knowing more, send an email to admin at awakenations.org, admin at awakenations.org, or also visit our website, kingdomcommunity.global. Blessings. Thanks for joining us today at the Kingdom Community. We trust that you are encouraged as a result of spending time with us. We exist to connect, equip, and send you out into the world to fulfill your destiny and advance the kingdom of God. To learn more about the Kingdom Community, please visit our website, kingdomcommunity.global. Again, our website is kingdomcommunity.global. Together, we are better.